Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today's topic is how to move through nighttime sugar cravings. So I know Valentine's Day is coming up and you may be receiving chocolate, you may be purchasing chocolate, you may just want chocolate because that is a normal craving when everybody's talking about chocolate and you see commercials and advertisements all over social media for candy and and treats. And so I thought it might be fitting to do a podcast about this very timely topic. What's really interesting is literally just a few minutes ago, uh, Jim, my husband and I were having this conversation that looked like, pretty much it looked like this. We had just finished dinner and we had a great dinner. My son actually made burgers on the grill and we had potatoes and a veggie tray because that felt like the easiest thing to do to get our vegetables in. And it was a good dinner. Like I felt really satisfied and wasn't really thinking about dessert, not really having a desire for dessert. And then all of a sudden Jim's like, Ooh, I could really go for a dessert tonight. We should go get something. And you know, sometimes that's all you need to hear. Like it wasn't on your radar, but somebody else brought up the topic. And now all of a sudden you want dessert. And so he says, should I go out and get something? And of course, everything inside of me is like, no, you're not really hungry. You you know, you could pass. But then the other part of me is like, of course we want dessert. We love dessert. And so I I literally told him, I'm like, this is going to have to be one of those nights where I tell you I want something, but deep down I really don't want something. And so I need you to make the right choice. <laughs> and, and he knows what I mean by this because we have had this conversation I don't know how many times in the past where he has offered to get something and asked me, do you want something? And I'm like, yes, but don't get it. But make sure you do get it because um, I really want it, but I actually don't want it. So just make the right choice, which of course is confusing. And, you know, I use my female card when I can. And so I'm just like, just do the right thing. And he's like, I don't know what the right thing is. And I said, you know what? You're going to have to figure it out because whatever you do, it will be wrong. <laughs> I kind of don't give him an opportunity to, to make it right. So please, please tell me I'm not the only person to do this because then I would feel really terrible. Uh, I have a feeling I'm not. It's just one of those where we don't want it, but we want it, but we don't want it. Or we think we shouldn't have it, which just intensifies the cravings even more. And so we are just going to get all into it today. All right, we're going to get all into it. 
I'm going to give you three reasons why we might have cravings. And then I'm going to give you a couple ways of how you can move through them. Um, just really practical things, nothing earth shattering, but let's face it, we don't want earth shattering major change solutions. We just want easy wins. And so I'm going to give you easy wins today. Okay. So we can agree that that's what we really want. So before we get into though, why we have cravings, first of all, I just want to normalize them and tell you that it is completely, completely normal to have cravings. As long as there is air in your lungs, as long as you are breathing, you are going to have cravings. In fact, I just had this conversation with a client this afternoon. She has been doing fantastic. She's been making really great changes to her health, to her eating. And all of a sudden, she started having cravings again. And she freaked out. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'm starting to want different foods again. And you've, you've got to help me get rid of these cravings right away. And I was like, well, first of all, just relax. Like cravings happen to everyone. Like I know we want cravings to be like light switches. We just turn them off and they never return ever again. But that's not how they work, right? Usually I, I um, describe them like dials. Like something will dial up the stress, whether it be people or circumstances or something in the environment. Something will turn the dial up and we've just got to figure out how to turn it back down. But something will always turn it up. And in the case of this lady that I was working with, you know, she hasn't had the dial turned up in six months. So in her head, when all of a sudden she's starting to have cravings, she's thinking she's doing something wrong or she's failing when really it's just her turn to have a craving. And so we were looking at her history and I said to her, I'm like, I want you to think back to when you first started working with us at Body Metrics, right? How often were you having cravings? And she's like, oh, several times a day. And I said, so we went from several times a day to several times a week to several times a month. And now we're at the point where you're having cravings once every six months. I mean, that is tremendous progress. And she's like, oh, I didn't really think of it that way. I just, I got scared. I thought I was doing something wrong. I was like, no, I think you're doing a lot of things right if you're getting cravings that infrequently. So again, before we get into what could be causing your cravings, I just want to make you feel really safe and make you feel really secure in knowing that cravings happens to everyone. They happen to me. It doesn't matter if you're a dietitian. I am first and foremost a human. And so therefore I get cravings too. And it doesn't mean that I am always perfect at resisting them, right? Cravings are a normal part of being human. Eating for cravings is normal every once in a while. Now, if you're always getting cravings multiple times a day and you're always eating through them to the point where it's, you know, not helping you work towards your health goals, well, then we can have a conversation at how to decrease the frequency. But the goal is to never stop them completely. I know that diet culture 
tells you a lot like this is wrong. You should be ashamed. You should never give in. You should never have cravings. If you just ate the right foods in the right amounts, you could solve this problem. It's not a problem to solve entirely. Like somebody needs to make sure they tell you that so that you don't feel like you're messing up if you get a craving. You're not. It's just normal. And when we realize that it's a normal process, we don't have to fear it. We don't have to be scared when it happens and then start resisting and causing binge habits or binge patterns. Okay? So like I said, before we even jump into the topic, I just want to make sure that I let you know it is normal. Everybody gets cravings. It is very common. So let's talk about the three reasons why you might have cravings, especially at night. So the first thing is you're having a physical response. You're over hungry. I know, shocking, right? You're having a craving because you're actually hungry. Your body will crave high calorie foods when you're over hungry. Because again, there is a need that hasn't been met at some point in the day and your body is overcompensating for it in the evening, right? Um, So I have a couple questions to ask. Do you ever tell yourself you can't have certain foods or certain volumes of food during the day? Maybe it's because you're trying to lose weight, right? So you don't allow yourself to have fulfilling meals because the goal is to eat as few calories as you can throughout the day so that you lose weight the fastest, right? So again, if you are telling yourself you can't have it, your brain is going to want to do the opposite and it's going to want all the things, all the food. And again, if it craves high calorie foods, sugar can be one of those foods. Um, you know, if you're under eating during the day, I always say you can under eat during the day, um, either intentionally or unintentionally. So intentionally would be that I'm not going to eat today because I want to try to lose weight the fastest. So I'm going to purposely not allow myself to eat larger portions, or maybe I will skip meals in an effort to get there faster. But then you could also under eat unintentionally during the day. And this would be, uh, maybe you didn't have the opportunity to eat. Maybe your meetings ran through lunch and you didn't have a chance to grab something. Or you were hungry, you got your signals, but, you know, you, like I said, the food wasn't accessible at that time or the timing didn't work. Um, You weren't able to, you weren't able to eat even though you physically wanted to eat. It wasn't about trying to willpower your way through. Um, And again, this can be, from poor planning. It can be just because you're super busy. You didn't think you were going to be out that late. Um, Some people skip breakfast all the time because they don't give themselves enough time to get ready. Uh, Or they only choose grab and go breakfast options because they tell themselves that's the only way they're going to get breakfast in them. And then they forget to grab something on their way out. And so they don't have access to food. So under eating can be purposely or unintentional, but either way, the result is still the same. If you under eat during the day, it is going to catch up with you in the evening. It will. You know, there's only so long you can 
hold off eating before the intensity and the urgency takes over and you end up going off the deep end and, and eating more than what you what may you want to do maybe you want to do okay so the first reason why you could have cravings at night is because you're under eating during the day so my question is is that you do you fall into that category the second reason why you may have sugar cravings at night is it's an emotional response so maybe there was a stressful event during the day. You know, even if there was a stressful event and you overcame it, it still could lead to emotional eating at night. And when I say emotional eating at night, uh, or specifically in the terms of sugar or desserts or sweet treats, there usually is some type of thinking along the lines of, I deserve like I needed a reward for what I went through. I need a, you know, I deserve a treat because of the stress I was under today. It's this deserving of a happy feeling, this entitlement that I need this because of what I went through. Right? So, you know, again, when we feel stress, we want to give ourselves a reward. Mostly, we want to numb the uncomfortable feelings. We want to get rid of them as quickly as possible. And sometimes that was taught to us at a very young age. If you think about when you were young and you were skinned your knee and your mom gave you a lollipop or, you know, you got a bad grade on a test and you were really upset and so your parents took you out for ice cream, right? Sometimes those habits are learned and ingrained into us from childhood and we kind of forget that oh yeah every time something went wrong my parents gave me food to make me feel better and it should be no surprise then as an adult when you don't feel good or you feel uncomfortable in some way you're going to want to numb or compensate with food you know when we get really stressed out our cortisol levels increase which has been scientifically proven to increase our cravings. So not only are we having an emotional response, but we're having a physical response, a hormonal response to the stressors. The thing we have to remember with an emotional response is the desire that we're seeking, that comfort, it's going to be short-lived. It's going to be short-lived. You know, I believe the latest research has shown that emotional eating only works for about three minutes. Which, when you hear that, that's kind of depressing. Because they're like, really? I'm only getting three minutes out of this piece of chocolate or um, this cake that I'm eating? I tend to look at it as empowering. Like if I know that this sweet treat is only going to help me feel better for three minutes, it makes me think about eating it just a little bit longer. I put more thought into it. Is this really what I want to do if I'm only going to get three minutes out of it? And I get it. When we have an uncomfortable feeling, it, it seems like everything in us just wants to make that feeling go away as quickly as possible. And we tend to overlook the fact that this short-term 
numbing feeling that we're seeking, even though we know it's not a long-term solution, we're willing to sacrifice to make it go away as quickly as possible. So for me, knowing that I'm only going to get three minutes of enjoyment out of this before the other feelings start to creep back in, um, like the stress that I was initially feeling, and then let's not forget the additional emotions like guilt or shame or why did I do this? Why do I always do this? And, you know, and the frustration that we feel. So not only are we taking the initial uncomfortable emotion, but we're multiplying it by adding other uncomfortable emotions on top of it. So we know it's not a long-term solution, but in the moment, our brains can't come up with an alternative solution. And so we default to what is comfortable and what we know uh, works, even if it's not, like I said, a long-term solution. So, you know, we really need to think about what are some alternative options What else can we do to create a more peaceful or a happier response without using food? And I promise you, there are some. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. But there are other ways to make your body feel good without having to use food. The other reason, so we talked about a physical response. You're over hungry. An emotional response. You're tired. Oh, I'm sorry, you're stressed. Fatigue and tired is another emotion that you may be feeling at night. Rightfully so, it's the end of the day. We do know that if you're overtired, uh, your ghrelin hormones increase, which are your hunger hormones, and your leptin hormones decrease. So again, not putting you in a great position to be successful. Your hunger hormones increase, your fullness hormones decrease, and that's just a natural part of or a natural result of being tired. So I know this is going to be shocking for some of you, but maybe the best response at night, instead of eating to wake yourself back up, maybe the best thing you can do is go to bed. I remember working with a guy who lost a considerable amount of weight. And if you ask him how he did it, he'll tell you, I went to bed. I went to bed. I realized I was tired. And My body just needed rest. And instead of me feeding my face peanut butter sandwiches till all hours of the night, and in order to stay awake, I just went to bed. So something to think about. All right. So like I said, we have physical responses. We have emotional responses. And the third reason why you may have cravings at night, especially for sugar, is you've developed a habit. So it doesn't have to do with stress. It doesn't have to do with being hungry. It's just the fact that you have conditioned your body to be hungry at 8 o'clock at night. You have to remember, the human body loves routine. It loves repetition. So if at 8 o'clock on the dot or 9 o'clock at night, you tend to find yourself grabbing a snack and watching a show, guess what's going to happen at 8 or 9 o'clock at night? you're going to feel hungry. Even if there's no physical response, even if there's no emotional response, you're going to create a habit. And so being able to take a good hard look at your reasons why you're having cravings will help you come up with the best solution. 
Okay. And so what I want you to do is if you are one of those people that has sugar cravings at night, I want you just to check in with yourself before you actually go and, and feed into those cravings. I first want you to just reflect and figure out honestly, what is going on? Am I hungry? Am I feeling some of those uncomfortable sensations in my stomach? Do I hear gurgling? Do I hear growling? Do I feel nauseous? Do I feel empty? You know, if, if that's the case, if you're feeling hungry, then, then you do need to eat. But a better question to ask is, do I need to eat more during the day? Right? Do you need to eat more during the day? Do you need to not skip breakfast or skip just drinking coffee and calling that breakfast? And do you actually need to eat a legitimate breakfast? Do you need to eat lunch? Like cheese and crackers is not lunch. It can be part of a lunch, but it's not just lunch. Or do you need to add fiber to your dinner at night? Right? For a lot of us, again, if weight loss is your goal and you're trying to get there as quickly as possible, you may be skipping the starch because somewhere along the way you heard carbs are bad. And so you're just focusing on chicken and green beans. And not that there's anything wrong with chicken and green beans. If that's what you really want and that's all you're hungry for, great. But if you're noticing that you're really hungry at 9 o'clock at night, maybe add a high fiber starch to your dinner and see if that corrects the problem. Like fiber is a placeholder. Not only does it fill you up, um, adding a really healthy component to your meals by adding B vitamins and um, when you choose starches, but the fiber, we've talked about fiber so many times because you know it's my favorite subject because I get to talk about poop, right? But fiber is what stretches the ilium and allows for senses to go sensations to go back to your your stomach and your brain to tell you that you're full like it is a beautiful system that God has created to help us not overeat but if we're skipping the foods the very foods that give us fiber we're missing out on these natural sensations that are supposed to happen these natural cues so my question is, do you need to add a high fiber starch to your dinner? Do you need to eat breakfast? Do you need to eat a more balanced lunch? Like, let's start there if the problem is being over hungry at night. Now, if the problem is being overstressed or um, being overtired, we already talked about the remedy for being tired. Go to bed. But if, the, if there is this feeling of wanting to reward yourself and this feeling of entitlement of I deserve this food because of the day I had, my question to you is, are you making 8 p.m. the best time of your day? All right, so what do I mean by that? A lot of times we are overstressed during the day, we're overscheduled, we're busy, we're running around, we're taking kids from A to B, we're trying to get our own stuff done. And so when the kids go to bed at night, we get this feeling of, okay, now it's me time. Now I can do something that I want to do. 
I get to watch the show I want to watch and I get to eat the food I want to eat and I get to be under my blanket and I just get to zone out and just veg, right? Before I have to go to bed. Like it's me time. It's this very entitled time of your day where all your needs are going to be met. All the needs that you ignored and avoided during the day are finally going to be in utopia at nine o'clock at night. And so what we start to do is we build and build the, I'll call it the nine o'clock experience, right? We look for all these ways where we can bring all this comfort into our area so that we can feel good because we've denied feeling good all day long because of how overscheduled we were or how overstressed we were. You know, maybe we don't need the party at nine o'clock at night. Maybe we just need to figure out how can we, you know, insert some levels of rest and happiness and joy and peace into our day so that nine o'clock doesn't become this built up utopia. I'll just keep calling it that for lack of better words. Hopefully you're, you're tracking with me and this is making sense. All right. So my question is, are you building the nine o'clock hour up? Is this the time when you grab your glass of wine and your favorite treat and you just numb out from the entire day? Are there opportunities where we can add rest and restoration back into your day so that nine o'clock isn't that all-encompassing hour? The other thing I'm going to ask you is, can you find the root of the problem, right? So I was talking to a lady today who mentioned that she gets headaches. And so she seeks out food to make the headaches go away. Even though it's only short-lived, it only makes them go away for a couple minutes, um, she still does it because that pain that she's experiencing is so overwhelming. She just wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. In talking to her in another area of conversation, I also found out that headaches are one of her early hunger cues. So it makes sense that anytime she gets a headache, whether it's from a physical hunger or a stress headache or an environmental headache, whenever the weather changes, she's prone to them, her natural response is always grab food. So we started to look at what are some of the things you can do to comfort yourself when you're getting a headache that doesn't involve food if it's not an early hunger cue. So she knows when she's hungry, she gets a headache and she also hears her stomach growl. Obviously, when it's a stress headache or a weather headache, her stomach doesn't growl. So the first step is, all right, well, let's distinguish the difference between the two situations so we know what the right coping strategy is. If we determine that it's a stress headache, the root of the problem is the headache and wanting to make it go away. So we started brainstorming. I'm like, well, what about those like really fun gel eye masks? You know, some of them you can make cold, some of them you can heat up. I'm like, wouldn't that be the relief that you're looking for is to get rid of the headache? And that would potentially be 
an instantaneous reward. Now, I don't know what would feel better to her, hot or cold. She's going to have to figure that out. But what if we actually started to look at the root of the problem and try to figure out what are helpful coping strategies in those moments? You can't just take away a habit. You can't just say, well, all right, if I recognize that I'm not hungry, I just won't eat. Like just taking something away isn't going to work. You have to replace it with something else. So what are you going to replace it with? What else are you going to do? Um, movement. Exercise. Not even when I say exercise here, I don't mean like change into your gym clothes and, and you know, do a 60-minute HIIT workout. That's not what I'm talking about. But just purposeful movement of your body. Maybe it's just going for a walk. Or maybe it's walking up and down your steps a few times. Interestingly enough, the endorphins from movement last longer than the endorphins from food. Right? Maybe it's not walking. Maybe it's not climbing steps. Maybe it's just dancing. I keep getting this ad on Instagram for, it's called, I think, Body Groove. And it's basically just dancing. This lady is... I don't know. It makes me want to get up and dance. And I'm not a good dancer at all. But, you know, just the way she makes it look fun. She makes it look uh, so non-threatening. She keeps saying, you can't do it wrong. Just move your body this way. And, and I'm like, I could do that. You know, and it's true. When you dance or move your body, again, not for like 45 minutes, just for like five minutes. Your body naturally produces endorphins that make you feel better. And again, if the endorphins from movement last longer than the endorphins from food, maybe we should pick movement a little bit more often. All right. Again, we have to remember that there are other things to do. We just need to come up with those lists of things to do before we get into a stressful moment. Because when we're stressed, we're not using our critical thinking skills. And so we're probably going to come up empty with what are alternative solutions in the moment. I don't know. All right, well, then I'll just go back to eating because, again, that's comfortable and familiar. So you're going to have to come up with what solutions can you possibly use when you're in different states, when you're in pain, when you're stressed, when you're angry, when you're bored, right? Because the things that I do when I'm stressed are not the same things I do when I'm bored, right? When I'm bored playing a game on my phone, that works. When I'm stressed, uh, maybe a game will work. But for me, movement always feels better when I'm stressed. Sitting still and just doing something with my hands usually isn't enough to take that anxiety away. All right, so again, you want to figure out what are you, what solution are you looking for in that moment? Are you looking for pain relief? Are you looking for an emotional relief? Um, and then try them, see what works. You know, that's the beauty of all this. We can come up with these great solutions, but we're not going to know if they work unless you try them. And you may have to try something more than once to truly decide if it's the right decision for you. All right, and now this one is not brain surgery, but this solution does work, and it's create space. 
How much space can you put between yourself and the kitchen at night? Right? When you have those sweet cravings and you are three steps away from the kitchen, it's just too easy to go in there and, and just look. I just want to see what's there, which we all know is a bunch of crap. Because once you see it, you're going to want it. So how much space can you put between yourself and the kitchen at night if you are in the habit of eating something and you know it has no physical uh, derivative? Can you watch TV in your bedroom instead if you have a TV? Um, Can you put space between you and your favorite treats, meaning maybe you don't bring them in the house? Right? I've told you guys before, I have this thing with vanilla Oreos. I love them. I don't know what it is about them, but I absolutely love them. I'm finally at the point where I can have them in the house and not eat an entire row in one sitting, which is progress because I wasn't able to say that a couple years ago. And so I'm not at the place where I can keep Oreos in the house for a whole week, but I can definitely keep them in the house longer than a day. So again, progress. I'm, I'm happy with that. So I have just learned, don't keep bringing vanilla Oreos in the house because the more often you bring them, when you have a craving, you're going to choose them because of how convenient they are. One thing I will never do is at nine o'clock, go put shoes on and warm up a cold car to go get vanilla Oreos. I just won't do it. So if there is ways that you can put some space in between you and your favorite foods in those moments, do that. That's just smart. Uh, Putting foods up high in the cabinet in the back where you have to go get a step stool to get to it. Putting foods in the lowest shelf where you have to get down on your hands and knees to go get to it. Anything that you can do to create space between you and the food for those moments, do it. I once had a lady who would buy snacks for her grandchildren because she would watch them after school and she wanted to give them snacks. Uh, But she knew if she had them in the house, she would be eating them herself. So she kept them in the garage and she kept them up on a high shelf. It was too hard for her to get up to that shelf, but her grandson loved climbing up the little ladder every day to go get his snack. So it was a win-win right? Because that's what people will tell me all the time. Oh, but I have to have these foods in the house for my kids and, and I don't want to deprive them. And, and that's great. But maybe you have different snacks. I guarantee you there are probably snacks that your kids like that you're kind of like, eh, it's not a big deal. Like that's how I am with goldfish. Like goldfish are not like a go-to snack. Cheez-Its are not a go-to snack for me. If I'm desperate enough and I'm hungry, I guess I'll grab them. Uh, But I don't have the same response with Cheez-Its as I do with vanilla Oreos. And the kids like Cheez-Its. Great. Cheez-Its are one of our snacks at home. So if they want something crunchy or a snack item to go with their sandwich, great. Here are the Cheez-Its. They can sit in the cabinet all day long. Probably not going to grab them. Just not my favorite. And then some people tell me like, oh, but I love all foods. I I can't even come up with one. Mm, Pretty sure you can come up with one. And we'll just start there. And then we'll figure out what else, what other foods you can coexist with that don't feed into that urgency or intensity of a craving. All right. So the last thing that you can do if you have a craving is 
change the portion. Meaning, maybe your craving at night is for ice cream. Maybe that's something, that's a habit that you've developed over time, and now you just look forward to your big bowl of ice cream every night. But your big bowl of ice cream is increasing your cholesterol numbers or increasing the number on the scale. And that's not in alignment with what you want to do. So instead of that big bowl of ice cream, maybe we first just move to a smaller bowl, right? So it's not that you're not eating the food that you're craving. You're just asking yourself, could I just put it in a smaller bowl, right? Or maybe you first fill the bowl with a bunch of fruit, uh, maybe even some nuts, so that now the bowl is, there's only room for half of a bowl of ice cream instead of a full bowl. So you're still eating a full bowl, but there's half the amount of ice cream because now you have other foods occupying some of that space. And you baby step your way out of this. You know, there's no one right way. Like the thing with nutrition is there will never be a one-size-fits-all solution to everyone's problems. Everyone has their own unique footprint when it comes to what works best for them. We've just got to figure out what works best for you. That's why we don't have like cookie-cutter programs at body metrics, like everything is individualized because we know that there is not one solution that works for every single person. There are concepts that work, but the execution part looks very different for every single person. And so that's why these big diet programs, they don't work because they are trying to make a one size fits all. And then when it doesn't work for you, they have done such a great job at manipulating that information and making you feel like it's your fault. Like you're the reason why it didn't work because look at all these other people. It works for them. That's just a lie. It's not true. All right. So we've got some practical solutions, how we're going to, um, I don't want to say attack because that sounds aggressive, but how we're going to start um, treating some of these high sugar cravings at night. But as with anything, awareness is always the first step. So pay attention to why you're craving, you know, physical response, emotional response, or is it just a habit you've developed over time? And then think about some of those uh, solutions that we talked about to see which ones you're curious about, which one would you like to try? And again, it might take you a couple times trying something to see results. Sometimes you just got to put reps under your belt before it starts working. Um, but if it doesn't work, try something else. Like you're not committed to that one solution for the rest of your life. We keep mixing it up. We keep pivoting. And again, if you need help, that's what we're here for. All right. We have seven really talented dietitians on staff at Body Metrics who have come up with lots and lots of solutions and lots of ways to help you work through some of your challenges. Like that's our job is to be creative. I remember I worked with a lady one time. She's like, oh my gosh, why didn't I ever think about that? I'm like, when you're in it, it's really hard to be creative. But when you are working with a professional who that is their job to come up with solutions based off of, you know, the challenges you're facing, it makes things easier. It doesn't mean you wouldn't get there on your own. 
it's just why struggle longer than you have to when there's somebody that can help. And so that's what we can offer to you. So again, if you ever have any nutrition questions or concerns or you want to work with one of our dietitians, reach out to us. Um, just go to bodymetricshealth.com. We're there. Um, you can read our bios. You can find out which one of us is the right fit for you. Try a bunch of us. We always recommend you try at least two dietitians before settling in with somebody just to make sure you found the best fit. And even if you found the right fit, it's probably a good idea to see somebody else every once in a while uh, just so you can get fresh perspectives and new ideas. Sometimes we just say something in a little bit slightly different way and all of a sudden things click. So it is one of the benefits of working with a team of, of professionals. All right, guys, that's what I have for you today, as always. Oh, oh my goodness. I almost ended the podcast without giving you your recipe. <gasps> that would have been a first. Actually, I probably would have caught it and then edited it. But thankfully, I caught it in time. Guys, I'm actually not going to give you a recipe today. I'm going to give you an ingredient. I was looking through my cookbooks of foods that I enjoy and foods that I think you guys would enjoy. And I realized... I cannot do a podcast episode on sugar cravings and then give you a recipe on green beans. Like that just doesn't even work. So I'm going to give you my number one tip for sugar cravings, especially the ones at night. And for all of the clients that have worked with me, you have heard this before. So this is not going to be new infor information. But for those that don't work with me, um, I'm going to give you one of my secrets. I'm giving you a secret without you even becoming a client. And so it doesn't happen often. My, I don't, I don't want to say, I keep thinking of treatment. That's not the word I want to say. But one of the strategies that I use for sugar cravings at night are figlets, dried figs. Now, usually people look at me and they're like, all right, I'll entertain this for 30 seconds. Convince me why figlets are why figlets should be my choice food when I'm having a sugar craving. Okay, here we go. So figlets are baby figs, which means they're really, really sweet. They're picked when they're young and then they're dried. So all the water's removed and it just intensifies the flavor. If you have ever had a fig Newton, you've had a fig. So you know exactly what they taste like because they taste like fig Newtons. They just don't have that cake coating and all that extra sugar. But it doesn't matter. Figs taste like Fig Newtons. So if you like a Fig Newton, you're going to like a fig. Now the thing with figs, dried figs, and the figlet, is they have a pretty unique flavor profile. It's not one that you can overeat. Meaning you get tired of them, the taste, after one or two. Which is perfect. Because when you have a sugar craving, you're just looking for that little bit of something to satisfy your sweet tooth, but nothing that's going to, you know, completely devastate your blood sugars or your, you know, your weight goals or whatever it is that you're working on. All right. So you only want one or two figlets and conveniently one or two figlets is really all you can eat before you're like, yeah, I'm done with these. All right. I know once I tell you where to get these, they will never be available at the store because this is what happens. I give people my tips and then I go to the store to buy stuff and it's not there. So I realize what I'm doing here, but I'm going to do it anyway. I usually find figlets at Giant, 
That's not to say they don't carry them at any other grocery stores. It's just usually where I'm um, used to buying them. They are in the dried fruit section, in the produce section of the grocery store. So usually in the back of all the produce, there's like this rack of all these dried fruits. So it's not the fruits in the plastic containers, like the clear plastic containers that, you know, look like you could get at a farmer's market. It's actually in a plastic bag that you rip apart the, the top portion and you open up the Ziploc-like top portion and then you reseal it. Uh, it comes in a bag like that and it says figlets on it. It's usually like right above the dried mango and near the, the craisins and that whole section. And they are delicious. So this is not just my theory for the people that have tried it that I have recommended it to. They're always like, where have these been my whole life? Why am I only learning about them now? And um, you're right. I only need one or two and it's perfect. And it's fruit, right? No added sugars. It's fruit. So again, your recipe per se, um, can't even call it a recipe because it's one ingredient. Your one ingredient recipe for sugar cravings at night are figlets. And you're welcome. (laughs) So your job now is to tell me, do you like them? Well, first of all, did you try them? Did you like them? What did you think? I want to hear all about your figlet experience, so don't hold back. All right, now we are ending the podcast, so now I can say thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure um, meeting with you each week. Thank you for bringing me into your homes, into your lives, and um, I can't wait to do this again next week. I'll see you then. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week.